Okay, good morning. I think we're going to go ahead and get started. We have a few people who I think are still trying to um, find the location, but glad you're all here. Um, I'm, again, Stephen Follinsby. I'm one of the co-chairs for uh, this meeting, along with Annie Lutmeyer and then Chip Schooley, who is the course chair. Um, and so I want to uh, welcome you to the IAS USA annual update on HIV disease and management. Um, you know, I, we, we were at the faculty meeting last night, we were talking a little bit about how the course has evolved since our first course about 24 years ago here. Um, the course is about 26 years um, in existence, but our first Samson course was, was, I think, in 1995. And many of you are too young to remember 1995, but I remember it well. Um, and when you think back a little bit about the challenges that we faced as clinicians in 1995, um, the first protease inhibitor was marketed in late that year, December uh, of 1995, and that um, produced a run on grapefruit juice um, in all of the health food stores in order to enhance bioavailability. And so th that meeting and the subsequent meetings was really an opportunity for all of us to, to question every single one of our assumptions of what we thought we had learned from the year before or the 10 years before, and then to look to advances um, in the, that were coming um, uh, into the future year or two, but also to ask questions. And what are the questions that still need to be um, addressed? In 1995, you can imagine uh, the nature of the questions and the nature of our presentations on treatment of opportunistic infections and optimal treatment. And in a sense, although the information has matured, our task today, I think, is exactly the same. It's, we are still questioning what we do and how we do it, particularly around areas of prevention of HIV infection, but also management of HIV infection, how we deal with patients who are presenting with other uh, issues such as uh, uh, gender identity uh, issues um, and co-infections now that we have um, op opportunities to treat hepatitis and B, hepatitis C that were not available. And so our goal today in part also is to continue to ask the, the, uh, the questions that still need answers. And I, one of the things that I really hope uh, for us all is that we leave thinking a little bit about what questions do we still need more information on, whether it's the care, routine care of our, of our HIV-infected patients and the vaccines that are available and when to administer them, whether it's about approaching them about sexual histories, preventing reinfection with hepatitis C. How do we address these issues? And if, if there are research opportunities in our communities, how we can access those for our patients to help them contribute to the future, because I think every one of us recognizes where we are today is because of the sacrifices that people have made early in this epidemic um, to, to get to some of the uh, uh, core issues that we were grappling with at that time. In that regard, I just wanted to, I think I have to advance the slides. Let me just see if I can do this. Okay. A couple of housekeeping things, and then I'll get to my the slide I'm looking for is the way, please wear your name badge at all times. Um, and I hopefully you've um, completed the pre-activity assessment um, before you came here today. Um, the, I will say from my own self-assessment taking that course, there's a lot of room for improvement. 
And I think that was what we found as well in terms of the number of, uh, of uh, positive uh, uh, answers uh, in that pre-assessment. Um, and um, you can follow and tweet the meeting at uh, this hashtag. For those of you who uh, want to let our president know where you are today and what you're doing. Um, and um, and uh, so in light of the comments I just made, you know, we, t we take a moment to reflect on the people who have contributed a lot to our fund of knowledge today. And I don't want to go through all their histories, but many of us know uh, knew Fred Gordon, who uh, did his infectious disease train at UCSF, was at San Francisco General uh, for a few years before he moved progressively to the East Coast, I think initially in the Midwest and the East Coast, and really was um, really uh, one of the individuals who identified the, the complications and and, and um, consequences of co-infection with tuberculosis. Um, and so we miss all these individuals and, and thank them for their contribution and honor them again by identifying questions that we still need to answer and getting um, uh, further along to answering uh, those questions at the same time. Um, okay, this, the, the course chairs have already introduced all of us. Um, the, uh, the key to my title is retired. Uh, so I don't even think there's a travel medicine program per se at Kaiser San Francisco, but I was the head of it before they abandoned it. Uh, and then to remind you that the mission of the ISUSA um, is to improve not just the treatment, care, prevention, quality of life for people with HIV, but other viral infections. And we will spend a little time today uh, talking about hepatitis C and hepatitis B as well. And the accreditation information has been available to you in your registration materials. I hope that you all take um, advantage of this. Um, and um, and uh, we, we look forward to your uh, responses as well to the quality of the uh, meeting. Um, the, um, uh, this is sort of reviews a little bit about uh, um, the uh, reasons why you're here and the reasons why you're not here. This is not to undermine the quality of your lunch. Um, which I'm sure will be superb, but um, the faculty uh, uh, were independent of the decisions that made, it, made uh, the choice of uh, meals uh, available to us today. And this is, again, reviewing uh, your CME courses, uh, uh, credits for uh, various professional groups. And I want to thank, again, uh, Grant um, support uh, for this meeting. Um, and just to remind you that, um, I, and I can say this with all uh, honesty, that, um, that the, the content of the uh, course today um, and the choice of, of uh, lecturers and all that was completely independent of um, any of the, our supporters. We appreciate their support, which is a sort of unqualified uh, and undirected in terms of what we have, uh, uh, see today in the program. Um, and likewise, we have very stringent criteria over conflicts of interest. Um, and so you will see uh, statements of conflicts of interest, but um, you, what you won't see is um, $130,000 um, payments from uh, Michael Cohen, apparently. <laughs> Oops, I think the slides are. Uh, the disclosure information, again, is available in your syllabus and will be reviewed briefly um, um, <clears throat> at the beginning of e each of our presenters' um, talks. Um, okay. So just to remind uh, people that, again, 
the course material follows very strict guidelines in terms of recommendations for use of medications and devices and tests. Um, but in the course of questions and answers and discussion, there may be some discussion over sort of unapproved uses of some of these products, and uh, we'll try the best to make sure that everyone's aware of that. Um, I think uh, I'm hoping that you all, again, understand the um, honor of our speakers in terms of their ability to distinguish uh, and, and self-modify conflicts of interest, but we also uh, watch for that very carefully um, uh, as well. But I, if you detect any issues about this, please let us know, and you'll have an opportunity to do that as part of the evaluation. And so again, just a few housekeeping recommendations. Please, again, take phone calls outside the meeting room. Uh, don't congregate at the doors. And um, again, um, this is an opportunity to see old friends or new friends or friends who are um, uh, wise friends, not necessarily old friends. And so please carry your conversations outside the room um, uh, during the, the meeting as well. And uh, we're going to use a system called Poll Everywhere. Um, and I don't know if some of you use this, but um, you, what you use is your own um, handheld phone um, and text the, in to the uh, message uh, on the phone the key, that's keyword um, ISUSA334 and then um, the 22333 to join the session. Um, and then you will be given a, a menu to answer the questions that way. And so it might be a good opportunity now to, to um, join the meeting. I think they can do that, right? You can do that now while the slide's up so that you can then um, use the audience response system. We try to make sure that all the presentations have an adequate number of audience response um, questions um, that we hope reflect some of the questions that you might, be, might have brought today <coughs> yourselves um, to this and get some idea about where people are in terms of their own uh, practice. So again, if you can see the, the information here. And is it printed for them somewhere so they can? They should have a copy of this as well in your uh, materials today. Okay, so in the phone, put in 22333, and the keyword is IASUSA334. And then you'll start getting uh, screens um, that will ask you to um, uh, answer questions. So let's start with that uh, first question and see how the system works, and we can figure out any bugs in it as well. And so the first question is, did you attend the 2018 conference on retroviruses and opportunistic infections in Boston at the beginning, early March? So if you could all access the system and go ahead and um, answer, w w type in one for yes or two for no, and we'll see again um, if you as an audience kind of match our previous audiences, which most of whom did not go to the meeting. So is everyone getting into the system? We've got 38 responses so far. And we have a room of about, I would say, there, we had a little over 100 um, registrations. We probably have about 80 here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, it was one of the things is that, you know, again, we have, um, uh, we ha should have enough seating for everyone who registered in a few on-site registrations, but if you could be attentive to the fact that we still, people will need to find seats if they come in a little late, 
And so um, we ask that you uh, use your own chair for your coats, handbags, backpacks, um, trunks if you're moving or whatever. So, okay. So the answer is after, um, I forget, um, about 80 responses, I guess, 93% um, have not, did not attend. And I think that's pretty consistent with the, with the, hist with the past uh, audience. And, um, and the second question is, have you already attended a post-CROI update in the six, seven weeks since uh, CROI in Boston? Um, have you accessed one in your communities or traveled for one? Um, yes is one, no is uh, two, and then, um, and then uh, I guess you can, if you say no, we, we do have a talk on post-CROI update today. So this might be your post-CROI update. So if, you, if the answer is no, but you should consider this your CROI update, you can answer three instead of two. So what half of you responded so far, so I'll give you a little bit more time. Okay, so 46% um, have not. Uh, combined with the 37% is that this is your first um, post-CROI update. Um, and so, uh, uh, but uh, about 20% of you, almost 20% have actually attended a post-CROI update as well. Okay, good. And this just summarizes the pre-activity um, questions um, that there were uh, 70 um, of you who attempted to answer the questions and we had an average score of about 38%. So you can see we're looking to improve on that. And we've encouraged the faculty to maybe highlight some of the answers that may help you uh, improve your own scores. If, uh, so uh, we encourage you to, to listen to all the presentations. Okay, so I think with that, I think I've covered the housekeeping. Um, so we are going to have um, a, a couple of um, presenters to start the morning, a break, Presentations after, then there is a hosted lunch um, <clears throat> outside. I'm not sure where that is. Right outside here. And uh, then we'll, we'll reconvene this afternoon. Um.